a real good buddy of mine, Hector Lefebvre, introduced me to the Shotokan school in about 2009, I'd say 2010. Okay, okay. So with your history with the martial arts, have you ever tried to like um, do anything different like Kung Fu or um, anything like that or are you all considered the same? Uh, yeah, just mostly uh, karate and uh, com- you know combat type of training, defensive tactics type training. A uh, little bit of Tai Chi. Okay. Uh, you know. Okay, great. So let me ask you a question now. You say you've been in the martial arts that you, you started in 2009 until present, or did you start even younger and and you got off of it for a little while and came back to it? Is that the way that happened? Yeah, I started when I was younger um, in high school uh, doing a little bit of Taekwondo. And, um, and then through the years... Uh, I did it again with one of my daughters as she started uh, training and going through the belts in Taekwondo. She uh, uh, was studying and got all the way, I believe, to her brown belt until she got injured and wasn't able to continue. And then again, I started up again in 2009. Okay, okay. More serious. What do you like most about the martial arts? Do you like the combat? Do you like the weapons? Or do you like the kata? Well, I'm getting older, so uh, I like learning the skills that keep me on my toes if I ever need to defend myself. Uh, but I like to do the katas. I like weapons, and uh, I just like training, you know, overall training. Okay, well, very good. So now, in the martial arts, have you ever had an opportunity or have you ever came across a situation that you had to use anything you learned? far as um, in your Shotokan or in your defensive tactics or anything like that? Well, I have used a little bit of the Shotokan uh, when I was a correctional officer. And uh, sometimes you're not, uh, you know, in different situations portray themselves in a certain way. And I think some of my karate training has helped uh, where you become, uh, it's like firing your weapon. It's muscle memory. And so certain situations where I've had to defend myself, I know I've used some Shotokan, and uh, it has helped me out a lot. Oh, great, great. So, you know, in today's society, um, do you believe that martial arts are important with today's, you know, the way the kids are today, and, you know, with so many other things they could be doing? Where do you see martial arts in society today? Well, I think martial arts is a big plays a big factor with the young kids today even more because they've it seems like the new generations have lost their uh, respect for a lot of things and I know martial arts that's the first thing that we teach is the respect and courtesy uh, along with the defending yourself uh, in a bad situation but uh, I really think today's kids need need that respect uh, for themselves, their family, their friends, and start respecting each other uh, versus some, some of the things they're doing right now. You know, it's kind of interesting. I have people come, parents bring their children in to teach the martial arts to them, but the whole aspect of them, they're bringing them in because they need discipline. And You know, I never had that worry when I was coming up with my mother and father about the discipline thing, yeah. you know. So, I don't know what it's like, the generation that the new generation of parents coming up, whether they are like 
trying to be friends with their kids and you know you and I know that don't work you can't be their buddy you got to right. be their father or you got to <laughs> be their mother you can't be their pal yeah. because pals they you know different different like um levels so um the whole th- journey with the martial arts is of self expression and self um learning you know you you learn to be a better person you learn to be a better um father or brother or brother or brother sister or brother mother just learn to do better in life now you say you, you you know you've been practicing martial arts all these years you know and you say you like forms is there any particular kata or form you like better uh right now uh, well, i think my favorite has been uh, i will say uh basai dai is one of my favorites great kata i like to you know, get to where I can do that uh, instinctively, not even thinking about it. Yeah, just, just like without just muscle memory, with right? Just muscle memory, it. just doing it, flowing, and uh, I just think it's a really nice kata. But a lot of the katas are really, are really good katas. Uh, uh, you know, bonsai dai is one of those katas that is a showcase for Shotokan because of the it's strong and a lot of things in it. You know, we finding I'm finding also that with Shotokan and most major tournaments, they use a lot of Shotokan katas yeah. in tournaments. And now the Olympics is using a Shotokan kata called Sansai, one of the katas that they will be um, introducing into it, an Olympic-like kata, which is a beautiful kata, old kata, and now it's a rave. One time it was Joan, one time it was, you know, Kanku Dai, and now this kata is making itself out there in the public and I think people are going to really like it um, they're going to um, embrace that kata it's, it seems to have a lot of things in it in your martial art journey have you ever brought anybody with you in it like any like your sister or your son or your um, aunt or uncle or nephew or anyone have you ever been training with any of these people in your life yeah I've trained a lot with uh, my family members my son actually me and my youngest son started the Shotokan together back in uh, 2010, 2009. Okay. Uh, he's since, uh, you know, gone through, uh, going through school and graduation and age, and they tend to drift a little bit. Uh, but now he's starting come wanting to come back and get back into uh, doing Shotokan again, oh, which great. is good. Great. Uh, my nephew and my nieces uh, are wanting to also get into it, so I'm hoping this year. Uh, and next year we're going to have a lot of uh, family members uh, involved, and even my my fiance is saying that she would like to start learning. That's nice. Uh, some some Shotokan. So it's uh, that's a really a good thing for the whole family, and it's a good activity other than being on the TV and the yeah. video games all day long, and not so much for parents, but. The kids for the kids, <laughs> you know when and when you have children that's taking a martial art with them with you, you know it, it ain't child abuse when you throw a good punch and take them down. It's called practice, right? Practice. So you get you know family people out there. I'm just saying, you know martial arts is a good thing for the whole family and learning with your um, children and your um, uh, relatives. It could be very rewarding. You know you could talk about different things you've done. Uh, do you like going to tournaments? Do you like participating in karate tournaments? Oh yeah, I like I love the tournaments and I like to participate. I want to get back more into uh, getting into some tournaments. Um, uh, also, I've done you know a little bit of uh, you know the judging on the judging side, uh, but I'd like to learn more 
and, and just participate more in tournaments and, uh, and be able to be pretty well-rounded on both sides, you know, competing yeah. and then also being an official. Okay, referee, the, referee judge, and, yeah. and that type of stuff because I, I like to work with the kids, so I like to see them, you know, I like to watch them do their katas and their forms and at all level ages, you know. You know, when you say talking about your son doing martial arts, how did it make you feel when he first got that first stripe, that first belt, and all of that? How did you feel watching his accomplishments? And did he talk to you about how he felt when you did yours and things like that? Yeah, it was really, really awesome because he he's never did it before. And, you know, when he got his first, even his first stripe on the white belt was a big deal for him, you know, and he just uh, drove hard after that and he liked competing he liked getting mm -hmm. trophies and medals they love that kind of stuff but it's also just a good way to make them feel good about themselves you know I was real proud of him I'm still proud of him he he, he hasn't uh, let it go even though he's he's come a long way from 10 years old you know now he's you know, 21, and uh, but he wants to continue, so I'm glad to see him do that. Wow, that's great. Getting back in the dojo again, getting there sweating. I remember I took a, um, a break from martial arts for a couple years, and uh, when I came back, it was like I never left it, but still it was a little bit more effort getting back into it. Now, you know, it's been a steady flow for me. So and I always say karate is like hot water. You put a pot of water on the stove, it's hot, it's boiling and everything like that. And once you take that pot away from the stove, that hot water becomes cold. You got to heat it all over again. You know, I remember yeah. one time, I, since they said, you know, doing karate is like putting an old-fashioned pump in the ground and pumping water. You know, you got to get it primed and all of that, then it's going. And once you stop pumping it, after it started flowing and it stopped, you got to start that procedure all over again, getting it reprimed and get the flow going again. So it's better to stick with it and just follow through. You know, um, the older you get with martial arts, I think we find out that we can do other things. We don't have to be the best fighter in the dojo. We can be the smartest person in the dojo as far as movements and helping the kids to get better and things like that. Um, are you have any aspiration on teaching and and things like that. Yeah, I like to teach, and uh, that's one of my things. Even in my corrections, uh, when I was a correction officer, I was an FTO, and I like training, and I, you know, I want to be able to teach class, and I like to teach the you know younger kids. Okay. And, uh, eventually, we want to get our own school too, and yes. uh, branch yes. out. We want to continue and grow, and make it a full time. Uh, situation okay so you want to make this a full-time thing not just a part-time yeah full-time it's not really part-time because oh, you're doing it i understand that but um what is the greatest situation. part of okay so you want to what, what is the greatest what is the greatest part of um learning to you the doing the seeing the remembering is different ways we learn right uh i'm a more of a uh, i have to actually do it feel it touch it kind of uh, learner you know so I mean you can explain things to me and I'll I'll get it but until I actually do it and do it repeatedly uh, then I retain it and uh, and I'll be able to you know teach it so I like to I'm a hands-on type of learner so you know I like to have it presented to me but then I like to do it and then go through the motions of the actual process and then 
and then uh, retain it. Okay. So I like to get my hands dirty. So. Let me tell you something. I've learned that the weapon I've really um, adopted is the samurai sword. I love doing sword kata. Um, I used to love the nunchucks, obviously, because of Bruce Lee. That's one of the things that I tell people that got me into it. And as I got older, I never got a chance to meet Bruce Lee, but I did get to meet the guy that fought with Bruce Lee in a speed contest, and he became my instructor. His name is Vic Moore. Um, here at our academy, at Henry Grace Martial Art Academy, oh, if I didn't tell you, we're located at um, 2345 East Michigan. We love doing a variety of things. We teach kabuto. We teach self-defense. We do the katas, but we also, we love sparring. Our school is known very much for sparring. And and it seems like, um, Dave, when you um, get into a dojo, now some dojos specialize in just kata, and they don't like the sparring aspect of it. How do you feel about kata opposed to sparring or um, uh, weapons, um, um, how do you feel about these three aspects of the martial arts? How do each one of them kind of hit you? What, what, what are your relationship with that, this, those disciplines? Well, I, you know, I really believe uh, they, they all go hand in hand. You really need to, do, to learn the katas, learn the moves, the proper way to execute those moves. Um, and then what the sparring gives you a chance to do is to practice with those things that you learned in the katas and in the class. So uh, it's one one thing is to just go through the motions and learn how to punch, learn how to kick, but you also need to recognize it, how to kick and how to punch when, you, when you're being attacked by somebody and which, which, which uh, movement you're going to use to block or kick or defend yourself. So the sparring is a great way to do that. So if you, the more you spar, the better you get at watching how your opponents attack you, anticipating a kick or a punch, and, it, and let your mind know, okay, well, I need a high block here, or I need to do this. So I really believe that it's a, it's full circle. You know, you've got to learn the katas, you got to spar, you know, you got to practice on your own away from school. Uh, it's It really needs to be a daily thing uh, so it becomes second nature to you. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you, um, in the dojo, I love sparring. I love to see the kids sparring, especially the kids that come in who have been bullied, you know, and they, they feel very shy. And one thing I learned with these kids, once you show them that they have so much strength inside, internal strength, that they don't have to fight, they can walk away from a fight. But if they have no other choice, they can defend themselves and then go get, you know, the teacher or the, the officer or the parent or whoever, you know, let them know that, you know, these people are you're picking on me or trying to fight with me and things like that, they become more confident and they go through life and they feel more better about themselves, about self-esteem. But I think sparring helps you do that. I used to tell my students when they first came in, uh, you're going to have to spar because karate is learning to defend yourself, not only mentally, physically, and spiritually. It's learning to get out there and know how to block a punch and know how to evade a punch know how to throw a kick, not to evade a kick, and also how to take a, a strike. You know, when you get hit, even if you block it, sometimes people, if they're not getting used to that contact, they block something that hurts their hand, and they want to stop and, 
you know, balled up and let the person take advantage of them. You know right. what I mean? Right. Have you seen anything like that? Yeah, so you, you know, that's true for even adults. I mean, it one, it's one thing to demonstrate that you're blocking somebody hitting you than when somebody actually hits you or you actually block a, a punch or a kick with your forearm or let's say your leg. And when you feel that impact... Uh, it's a little different, and people tend to be a little bit more apprehensive. But the more you do it, the, the better you get at it, and the better you are to you know, defend yourself and uh, realize what it takes to stop somebody from attacking you um, and the force you need to repel back to them. So it's good to practice that stuff, and, and it's good to, to spar and uh, get yourself, your body acclimated, even little guys... Um, you know, like you said, they, you know, somebody hits them and they want to ball up right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just practicing these movements, they learn that they can take those hits and even deliver one if they need to yes. help themselves get get away or get to a teacher. Or, yes, and, you, know. And, you know, get somewhere and get to one of the adults or one of the people in charge to help them. You know, and then they can kind of ratify it. I think also the, the bullying. The bullies need something like that. You need to get with them because there's obviously something going on in their life that makes them want to bully other people. What's the root right. of that? You know, we still got to look at a lot of aspects. And martial art is one of those things where you can bring a person like that in to a dojo and change their whole mindset. Right. Get them thinking like, you know what, I don't have to be this way. People are not trying to hurt me. So I don't know what the whole mindset of why a bully is way, but I know through the martial arts we can touch and change a lot of lives. Um one of the greatest things I've ever heard a martial artist say was that the greatest warrior doesn't have to lift one finger in combat. I was like, that just blew my mind. Well, how is that possible that, yeah. you know, someone's trying to hurt you and you don't even have to lift a finger? Right. But I knew after years and years, it's about de-escalation, you know, talking right. to the person, getting them to, you know, calm down. Sometimes all those things can be avoided, you know? Now, as a correction officer, I'm sure you came across situations where you had to talk people down or maybe even been put in a situation where it's more of them than you and the best um, recourse was to use your voice. Correct. We, uh, you know, when you work in the prison or the jail, you're not usually, you're always outnumbered. Uh, sometimes it's 100 to 1. You know? Wow. And, That's uh, a big number. Yeah. And the only thing you have, really, is your verbal skills. So you have to be able to talk, say the right things. Uh, bullies, like you were saying, bullies uh, tend to put on a big show for everybody. They want everybody to see how powerful they are. And what they love is the person that just cowers and lets them bully. And I think that's the great thing about martial arts. Like, young kids that learn to stand up for themselves, as soon as you stand up to the bully, he's going to back down because he's not going to... He's not getting that that uh, energy he wants from you, which is for you to cower and, and let him empower you. Very well um, said. He, you know, once you you stand up and show him, listen, dude, I will put my hands on you as well. They'll tend to back away and go find somebody else that they can bully because they're not getting uh, what they want. Or they might, you know, a lot of bullies are all talk. That's what I've found out. You know, they really can't fight or they really can't. You know, they just like to intimidate people. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when they're confronted with the realization that they're about to feel some pain, they tend to back down and, and leave you alone. And that's what's great for kids is letting them stand up like 
like you were saying, stand up at least enough to where they can get to a teacher or a friend or someone that can help them even the odds out. So, you know, verbal skills are always the best because, uh, you know, when you're outnumbered, you have to be, like, extremely well-versified <laughs> to get out of that situation. But most of the time, it's it's really not a fair number. Or you never know if weapons are involved or whatever, so you don't know what to expect. So. Okay. Well, I got some other things I want to talk to you about. Like, um, I'm going to talk about tournaments right now, Okay. Um, I see a lot of different tournaments going on. I see the um, open type of tournaments. I see the traditional type of tournaments where everybody's in a white gi and they got traditional um, weapons, kabuto, you know, the round bows instead of the toothpick-like bows, you know, um, nice swords instead of like the, 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 the aluminum ones they can just toss up and catch and things like that. And they have more of that traditional thing. And then I see the musical kind of open tournaments. And the athletes that's in those kind of events, I've seen them do some remarkable things. Some some things that I, I were like, wow, I wish I could do a flip like that or something like that, you know. And the kids watch it. So do you think one is more show or is they both as effective in a situation where you may have to defend yourself? Yeah, I think me, just from experience in working in the prison system for so many years, the you know traditional fighting is, uh, I think, is more effective than uh, some of these guys that are to do all this acrobatic type things. And um, I think some of those tournaments are great. They're just there's everything so diverse now. You have every type of uh, style and uh, weapons and you know they use a lot of those staffs that are aluminum like you were saying they could spin them and throw them up in the air and all that but if you actually probably try to hit somebody it would probably just bust in half um, I don't think you know unless you know it depends on what it's made of but I think a traditional staff is going to be a better weapon just a good old solid piece of wood <laughs> that, that can defend you off of a lot of things mm -hmm. and uh, um, you know I really think that traditional Traditional style fighting is always more effective than uh, some of the new. Uh, the new stuff is is nice to see. It looks really good in competition, uh, I think. But in uh, real life, uh, I'm not sure if it would hold itself. It would have to be a different uh, different type of fighter, I guess. Maybe he's maybe he's versed in a lot of styles. <laughs> maybe he's versed in a lot of styles yeah. and things like that. But I do know that it's like um, I had went to a. Um, the martial arts super show, um, martial arts super show out in Las Vegas, and I was sitting there. They had some um, some classes on how to build your dojo, you know, better your dojo. And um, the guys, the traditional guys, were all raising their hands when they said, "Who need help in building a dojo?" All of you, uh, me included, traditional guys, we're throwing our hands up like, "Hey, man, yeah. you know what's going on?" And then he asked the, the Taekwondo people and stuff like that. And um, how are you guys doing? They're like, oh, man, we're doing great. We're, we're, we're doing great. So I said, well, what's the difference, you know? these Some programs, the kids are geared to learning um, things that fascinates them. They, they want to see, like, Mortal Kombat kind of stuff that, whether it's um, actual or factual or, 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 or realistic or whatever, they like to flash the kind of more yeah. of a martial arts, you know, today. Um, I think as a, as a, as a place 
for all of that, for entertainment, and the kids want to come in dojo night and have some fun, like like saber night or whatever, you do some things in there. But sticking to the basics is always going to be a better call. I know I probably get some controversy out there from people, and I can't wait a couple more weeks from now. We're going to be able to take calls from you guys, and you can call in and voice your opinion, and, and hopefully I can have um, Mr. Negron or Sensei Negron back here, and we can answer some questions for you guys. We might even have to tag team you to get a, get you up off of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, how do you feel that the build a martial art program, you may have to do some things like um, a little bit more eclectic than you would like to, you know, than, than that. Because um, you, the, some people can't keep the doors open. The traditionists, a lot of them have a problem keeping their doors open with just basic learning tradition from basic karate as it was taught years and years ago. These um, new kind of like schools are doing a lot more stuff, you know, and they're being able to have more retention. So as you think, is is it just reaching out to the younger ones, having more younger kids in there? Or do you think, like the adults that take up the martial arts and learn them, um, is it a, a, a place for them too? Yeah, I think that you know, a lot the younger, newer generations of kids right now, they're just uh, they're so uh, tech-savvy. Everything's, you know... Mm-hmm. Everything's like right now and fast, and some right of now the, fast. Some of the schools are like that, when and they're, you know, they they cater to those type of kids' needs and stuff. And but I think it's a balance. Maybe you know, traditional schools are obviously a little bit more serious and a little bit more intense. Um, some of the new schools, uh, I'm not sh- taking away from them. They, I'm sure they're intense and that as well. But they just uh, it's a different type of training, mm-hmm. a different group of kids. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even uh, even our kids sometimes, you know, they need some type of uh, outlet, yeah, other than the traditional way because they're just it's just that their generation is how they learn, I guess, and. Um, we are old school, so we you know we learn the katas, we practice the katas in the dojo, we go home and you practice. A lot right. of kids go home and they go right on to the Nintendo. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, they need something that they could do at home that incorporates maybe their, their training. And I don't know what that is because it's just a whole new groove mm, yeah. for these guys. Um, but... Something came up that's very interesting, um, Dave. They want to put karate in the Olympics for 2020. And it's a big push. And, you know, they got the U.S. team ready to go, and they got this and that ready to go. Um, How do you see karate faring right alongside Olympic taekwondo? How do you see – it's interesting to me to see how the karate is going to stand up with the taekwondo. Because they've been doing so much flash and so much, you know, you know, all these different things. Karate gonna come in, and I'm wondering, is it gonna stay there? Because of the the the, the martial artists, they want karate to be doing as a way of life, other than just a sport. Right. So, how do you see that? Do you think it's gonna stay a part of the Olympics, or you think it's just gonna be uh, quick in and out of there? Yeah, I I don't really foresee the karate staying as a, a event be, just because the uh, 
the way the Olympics is, it's everything's tournament based and qualifying. You got to qualify for this in order to go to this, and then once you get to this level, you got to qualify there to go to the Olympic level. And you know, I don't know if there's that many karate tournaments or qualifiers out there that you know that can compete with the Taekwondo that's been they've been doing it for years. They have their set in their ways about, you know, the nationals and this and that. You know, you I was looking at it one time, it's funny that you mentioned it because I, I was seeing that you had to win two different events just to qualify to see if you could get uh into on the team, you had to qualify for two major events, but they're only Taekwondo sanctioned events. Okay. They're not just you have to be a a black belt in Taekwondo. You mm -hmm. can't just come from a karate and just jump in there. I'm hoping they change that, uh, but when what I was looking into it, it was, you know, you had to be a, uh, you, had a, you had to hold a belt in Taekwondo. Okay, and I, I've looked into it a little bit more. I've seen that now they have a U.S. karate team and they have different qualifiers. I think the next qualifier for them is a Pan Am game to be part of the U.S. team and some um, some of the athletes, I don't can't recall all their names offhand, but I know it's a handful of athletes that's already have made the U.S. team, and now they got to go and compete in the Pan Am Games. And after that, it may be one other thing that they have to go to do to be a part to being on the team that goes to the Olympics. Now I don't know when they finally picked a team or if they have, have they have picked a team. You guys, please feel free to call 407-577-8218. And let me notice um, that they are going to be going, will they be going to like, um, what they go to Colorado and train or something like that? Or would it be another spot in New York? Or would it be somewhere else that then train as a group together right. and then get ready to participate against these other um, athletes that's doing maybe team kata, team fighting, um, board breaking, um, whatever for just a karate segment, not the Taekwondo, or are they going to mix them all together? It's going to be really interesting, but I think Taekwondo is going to stay separate because of the history between Korean and the Japanese. I really do. I think they're going to keep it totally separate. Um, do you have a favorite technique? I like... Uh, I like to... Um, you know, I like to use my... You know, as I'm getting older, my my kicks are not as high as they used to be. <laughs> but I I know I just I think it's adapting. I like to be able to uh, you know throw a good punch as well as block really well. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, mm -hmm. most of the time when I in the jail, that's what you really was using things that were blocking your head or left or right. Um, you know, so. Uh, I like uh, you know I like blocking and, and punching uh, the punching techniques that uh, they us usually work well for me in uh, in like real life situations. I'm, you know, uh, in the dojo, I like I don't know I pretty much I like it all punching kicking. Well, I have a favorite technique I like. I, I love my jakazuki. I love my reverse punch. I like to do kinazuki, I like to do a jab, but I like to follow it up with a reverse punch. And I'm learning that the front kick 
in a roundhouse combination are very effective. And, you know, timing is everything. Yeah. So in timing, that's what I mean about sparring. You know, if you get in there and you spar a lot, you learn to get good sparring timing. But if you don't spar a lot and you go into sparring, sometimes it can be quite a painful if you get the right person that is motivated in front of you, you know, and they have been sparring a lot more. Like with anything else, I think you have to take it in moderation. Sparring, kata, weapons, you know, have to attack all three aspects of it. Um, uh, so, my, like I said, my technique is the jakuzuki. I love to do a reverse punch. That shows my shotokan training because I like to sweep you and punch you. I, I, I want you to, ah, oh my goodness, I want to be real close, up close and personal with you and follow through with a technique. Um, swords, like I said, again, I like those. I'm trying to get more into the kama. It's kind of taking me a little bit to really understand it and to manipulate it, but I'm doing fairly well with it, not as good as a sword. Noonchucks, I mean, I could do those easily. So if you had a fa favorite weapon, which one would you pick up? I like uh, I like the sword also. Uh, I want to get more professional with the sword. Or, uh, I like the tradition behind it. Mm -hmm. I like... Uh, you know, I like the uh, like the old. I actually like the tradition behind it. So, uh, the sword mostly just want to get better with it. And okay, um, I like the Japanese sword opposed to the samurai sword. You know, I I think it just was made really well. Um, the samurai sword, I think, is just really good. And the jitsu sword. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I like the samurai sword over the nijutsu sword because the nijutsu sword is used as shorter, and I, um, I it can be used quicker. You know that is one thing for it. It, it is could be used as a very fast attack, but a good um, samurai sword. It's oh my goodness, man! To see them use it efficiently doing their cutting. I don't think a sword fight don't have to be very long. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm like you. I, I, I think I like to be close quarter. I think that's just from as a correctional habit. Everything is so close quartered. So, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't need the long sword. You mm -hmm. know, I'd rather have short. Mm -hmm. You know, baton style type of sword, yes. and uh, you know, getting close. Uh, what What would be the advice that you would give to someone that's seeking to get into a martial art facility? Well, they should go and try it out and see if they if they like that style of fighting. And, you know, there's many styles out there. We already know Muay Thai and Kung Fu and Taekwondo and Shotokan. And you just got to find if you like that uh, and then, you know, get involved and, you know, at least go twice a week and uh, see if that really... You know, your cup of tea, you know. If you don't, then you need to find maybe another style. Maybe it's a different type of style of fighting that mm -hmm. really gets you fired up, you know. Because once you start doing it, it's like a bug. You get the bug, and it's like going to the gym. You know, oh, when you start going out. to the gym yeah. and working out, then you want to go every day. Yeah. You know, you stop going, and then it's like starting all over. Ooh, which know? is hard. And martial arts is the same way, and boxing and wrestling, all that stuff. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's that way with every sport, but mm -hmm. you know, if you stop 
leave it alone for a while. It's so hard to get back. Although you will get back, you know, especially if it's a, if you're doing it every day, you know. But uh, you know, martial arts is a little different than playing softball or football or basketball. You know, it's it's kind of a way of life. So it's pretty well rounded with uh, your values and tradition and respect, discipline. Uh, so as long as you find a school that you really uh, that you really like, then go for it. Get yeah. involved. Yeah, martial arts is one of the activities that you can learn that can actually save your life. It ain't like playing baseball where you hit a ball or, you know, catching a football or kicking a football. And in martial arts, you can learn an effective way to defend yourself and get in shape, meet new friends, have fun. Now, um, I had a guy um, talk to me about two different martial arts. And i like to see how you feel about it. One was the octagon in the ring, you know, cage fighting, uh, you know, MMA, uh, whatever title you give it. Um, how do you feel about MMA? Well, that MMA is, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's the new, it's the, you know, like the new thing on the blog, new kids. Even though it's not new, it's been around for a while, but it's so popularized now. Um, and it's there's a lot of great fighters in the MMA, but I think that they they put this big facade on for money and to sell tickets, which mm-hmm. is almost like wrestling, like the like the WWE, <laughs> where you know they have the big weigh-ins and they showboat and uh, you know they 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 want they act like they hate each other to death and you know and then they fight, you know. Um, it, I guess it has its place. Uh, some of these guys are all wrestlers from college, you know, okay. high school wrestlers, and then, you know, all of a sudden now they're an MMA fighter mm-hmm. because they're doing the ground and pound and whatever. But uh, it's not really just all martial arts, I don't believe. I mean, it's a combination of a lot of stuff. Uh, um, so I, st- I still more traditionally like martial arts versus the MMA. MMA stuff. Well, MMA, I've seen people that work in MMA. I know some MMA fighters personally. Um, they train. Some of them train really hard. And to them, it's like, and they, they take uh, pride in their craft. But with that being said, I really, really like the Muay Thai fighters. Oh, yeah. I like they, Muay Thai also. They seem to get in there. And what they're doing is a little bit more, in my eyes, it's just my opinion, don't get mad at me, MMA guys, it's a little bit more structured and disciplined because they're doing stand-up, fighting up, not that fights don't end up on the ground or end up in a wrestling situation, but it seems like they put a little bit more discipline, it's a little bit more history behind Muay Thai and things like that. One day it may be a lot of history behind MMA also, you know, but um, the Muay Thai fighters, I seem to like to watch them. I haven't watched one in person. I've always seen it on television, but um, I'm looking for some tickets to go or somewhere to go and watch one in live and talk to one of the people. If anybody out there is into Muay Thai, please give me a call at 407-577-8218, and I will be so happy to have you on the show to talk about your craft. Also, MMA fighters, anyone out there that like to also talk to us and come in and voice your opinion on that also, we'll be glad to have you in the show up here because it's all about the way learning different things. Um, today, we've had with us um, David Negron, 
and he's a shoulder kind practitioner. And David is one of those guys, I've seen him work out, he gives 110% in everything he's doing. He, he keeps saying, like, I'm getting older now, but if you get on the floor with him, you would think he's still a teenager. So don't, <laughs> don't let him fool you with that I'm getting older thing. I'm just telling you, get out there with him, you know, be, be, be serious, don't, don't play, because um, you, 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 you might get caught sleeping like that, you know. Um, have you and your son ever, like, you know, since you've been practicing, they're like, hey, Dad, come on, I think I can take you, you know, fun, but, yeah. you know, sparring together and stuff like that. And, you know, have you had he, that, uh, that he, kind of thing yeah, with him? Yeah, he tried me a few times, you yeah. know, but he, uh, you know, he he's grown really big and strong. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to be careful with him sometimes because he's, uh, you know, you know, just 21 years old and he's loaded up to, you know, but he he one thing karate has taught him he has uh, great respect for yes. uh, his for me his teachers his mm -hmm. friends buddies you know that type of stuff so it's not that he's out there bragging around and I just think that uh, you know that this 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 art form does a lot more than the, the combat side to it so it's like I was saying it's a lifestyle it's uh, teaches you a lot you know I have a lot of a lot of buddies that fight MMA, they're great guys, you know, mm -hmm. they're good fighters. They train so hard. All the MMA guys, they train hard to try to get up into that elite top ten of UFC, you know. Those are the guys making ri ridiculous money, but, you know, there's a lot of guys in the trenches doing MMA. Mm, really good, yeah. uh, they train super hard there, you know. And guys in karate, too, there's, you know, you know everybody has their own little notch and like I was saying, you just got to find what it is mm -hmm. that's your notch and get into it and, and do it, you know. Learn so, as much as you can. So what about the the females? Do you think that the martial art plays a part, a big part for them? Because, you know, at one point, I remember it was just all males in karate. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, females started getting in it. And um, would you recommend that for women to take part of a martial arts self-defense class? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of females now in martial arts. Uh, and as you know, females, they're more flexible than guys. They can Sometimes they kick, I think, better than guys. <laughs> they <laughs> kick so high up in the air. And their balance is way different. And, uh, but, yeah, girls, uh, you know, I love the sayings. Like, you can see them all the time now. You know, I fight like a girl. You know, or kick like a girl, but uh -huh. uh, yeah, the, the females are—it's—they're uh, really good at martial arts, and it's good for them because they—you can defend themselves, uh, you know, against anybody that's trying to uh, impose their will. We'll say take advantage, take of advantage, them like that, yeah. you know, things like that. So yeah, you know, girls are girls are awesome. And, uh, oh, okay. Now this is something I think that might interest you. Is interesting. To me, um, if you had to pick a martial artist through history, who would you most like to emulate or be like? Not exactly like them or take their place, but be in that kind of category of training. Um, well, you know, I'm old school like you. I mean, we, we grew up with those guys, you know, Bruce Lee and Jim Wallace and... Uh, you know, these guys, Chuck Norris, and those are all the, our martial arts superstars, you know, and, um, you know, Jackie Chan, those kind of guys, you know. But there's a lot of guys, like, one guy that I really like is uh, uh, Michael Jai White. 
Okay. You know, I like him a lot. Uh, that guy knows several different styles of martial arts, uh, and uh, he's pretty impressive. You know, I like I like to watch him. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, but I'm like you. I'm a Bruce Lee fan. I always have been a Bruce Lee fan That's since I was a kid. You know, even though he's not around anymore, but you know, he still has such an impact on everybody. Yes. You know, as soon as you start talking about karate or anything, immediately everybody goes to Bruce Lee. You know, yeah. and uh, but you know, it's just uh, different people. Uh, I I found in my life the person I would most like to be like is my sensei Harold Jackson, old sensei of when he came into my life and he talked to me and he encouraged me and. You know, as far as martial arts was concerned, you know, that was one person that I said, if I could be more like, I would like to be like him. Or was he a great Kata person with the flash and dash like some of these Kata people? No. Was he a great fighter, knocked out 100 people? I don't know that, but I know everybody he met, he had a great impact on him, and I've never seen him beat by anyone. But he never bragged about that. He was sensei. He was more like a father figure to me in the dojo and stuff like that so you know and I'm, I'm seeing these days a lot of kids are getting away from that you know the kids are um, they're like um, I want to go to that school because they do that and I want to be that way I want to go to that school because they do that and I want to be that way um, they don't stick with their their senseis as long as they used to which is a shame because you know you find a sensei and he helps you get to a certain level and then all of a sudden you know you seem to be thinking other people got more to offer you. I don't think that's the case. I think once you learn and get your, your, your black belt, you should be willing to go into the dojo and work really hard to share. There's nothing, wrong with, there's nothing wrong, with, wrong with going to seminars and learning from other people and things like that, but I don't never think you should turn away from your, your dojo. I think you should be there the majority of your time and, you know, helping build that dojo up, especially if Sensei helped you. I think we forget to come back right. and pay it forward again. Right. You know, I got mine. I was up for the mom, them to get theirs. You know, that attitude seemed to be really popular these days with people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you see some people go off, they become um, world champions and this, that, and the other. And I've talked to a person recently that told me that move very high in the martial arts, and I asked me not to use their name, that if they had to do all over again, they wouldn't have took that route to go like they did. They would have stayed in the dojo with Sensei and became more of a, a student and better informed with other students, which is, you know, surprising to me because I'm like, well, wow, you have reached this pinnacle. I mean, you like who's who. Yes, I am, but the same token, I kind of like, I believe he said he let his sensei down by walking away. It wasn't there as much as he could have and should have been. So that's something out there for you younger martial artists to think about or you, some of you guys out there. You probably feel the same way. And in my life, I've learned this, Dave, that one thought is not only to you. Other people didn't have that similar thought and similar experiences, you know, that they really want to share. But sometimes it takes someone to bring it out for them to also say, you know what, that's a good point, you know. Right. Um, have you done any um, mentoring to any kids? Uh, yeah, I, I have a few, <clears throat> a couple. We I try to mentor them, and I, I uh, I'm trying to bring a few into the dojo now, just to do that and in, in that 
that exact thing, which is just, just mentor them. And there's so much going on right now in the world that yeah. you know you gotta try to be a good influence on as many people as you can, yes, as many sir. kids as you can. Um, and you know, just like I said, uh, uh, what you said is just, you know stick with your school and you know should never abandon your school I believe that firmly too I believe that you you need to stay with your school with your instructors stay with your with your family in the, yes. in the dojo and you can branch out but you know you gotta stick with your with your uh, who who, uh, who taught you the ropes and, yes and, yes and like you said pay it forward I, play I, it forward I really believe you'll be more successful that way. And, uh, yeah, it may be a little harder road to take, but I think in the long run you're going to go farther. And not only that, man, it's like um, you're going to learn a valuable lesson in life with that also, you know. Um, a lot of the older senseis, like I said, my sensei, man, anything that he needed and until he, he passed away, myself and a, another friend of mine, Michael, you know, we um, tried to make sure that he got it, had it, did for him cared for him and things like that and you know that says a lot about you you know it's, it's not that you can't accomplish the things you want to accomplish out there you still can but it's also room to help the ones in that dojo to grow and for you to become better also you know I didn't um, take up martial arts just to be the greatest of all times I took up martial artists to be the best me of all time Right. And whatever that entailed, whatever came along with that, whoever I influenced to be better, hopefully I did influence some people, and they got better, they listened to me, they believed in what I was telling them, you know, hopefully that did play a part into that life. But I've seen that um, with yourself, you have helped so many people, and you brought so many people into the arts, and you, you know, you make them aware of how good they are and how, how much potential. That's playing it forward to me. It's, it's not taking a back seat, you know, and now here you're willing to go even farther and continue that, you know, in this part um, you're you're somewhere like me we retired, right. we could be just out there with a fishing pole, right. you know what, forgetting <laughs> about all that but yet we choose yeah. to do what, go into the dojo and sweat and yeah. try to get better, and I think if you do that, you're going to get the reward, not only um, mentally, physically, but also financially, yeah. you know Things will come in to help you. You can do seminars. You can do, you know, different training sections. You can, you know, your name get out there really well. You can even go into Aspect and start doing tournaments and promoting martial arts on a different level with those different tournaments we have and things like that. And things just will grow. So, you know, it's a good idea to, to stick with um, what they used to say to me, dance with the one you brought to the dance. Right, you know what I mean. Don't you get to the dance, you see another good-looking one out there, and go, "Hey, I want, I want a hell," you know. Yeah. I've had students train with me that um, once they learned, or they thought they learned everything, and they, uh, another instructor come along with some flash and dash, they would go there, but they would burn out quick. They they would end up burning out. You know what I mean? Because right. it wasn't. It was a lot of um, bells and whistles and glitter, but it wasn't gold. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That kind of a thing, like that. So. Um, thank you very much, Dave. I mean, is it anything or any parting words you'd like to give out to any listener out there? <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you having me. And, uh, uh, yeah, just, you know, I mean, if you're out there and you're looking to get into a school, uh, I encourage you to do that. Um, 
uh, there's nothing better than uh, me martial arts uh, learning and uh, and learning it well and living that lifestyle uh, but if you just want to train that's good too for your health whatever learn a few things defend yourself either way whatever whatever the reason is uh, you know look into it find a school if not come down to our school uh, and uh, come in and train and and see what we have to offer and uh, you know wish everybody the best and and uh, that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. It's been very well um, rewarding having you on here today. And again, I would like to say, you know, this is Hunter Henry Graves of Henry Graves Martial Art Academy. We're located at 2345 East Michigan on the corner of Michigan and Bombay in Orlando. We specialize in after school. We're one of the number one after school karate programs in the area. Please come on down and see us. Uh, we also do women's self-defense we have things for children. We work with children with special needs. We're just all around martial art academy. We teach bando. We teach um, kabuto. We teach different arts to help round our students. But primarily, we like to put the umbrella under the Shotokan, and we move forward with that. Again, thank you for your time. Domo haigato gazanamasu. Us, everybody. Us. A real good buddy of mine, Hector Lefebvre, introduced me to the Shotokan school in about 2009, I say 2010. Okay, okay. So, with your history with the martial arts, have you ever tried to like um, do anything different, like kung fu or um, anything like that, or are you all considered the same? Uh, yeah, just mostly uh, karate and. Uh, you know, combat type of training, defensive tactics type training, a uh, little bit of Tai Chi. Okay. And, you know. Okay, great. So let me ask you a question now. You say you've been in the martial arts that you, you started in 2009 until present, or did you start even younger and and you got off of it for a little while and came back to it? Is that the way that happened? Yeah, I started when I was younger, um, and high school, uh, doing a little bit of Taekwondo, which, and um, and then through the years, uh, I did it again with one of my daughters, as she started uh, training and going through the belts in Taekwondo, she uh, uh, was studying and got all the way, I believe, to her brown belt until she got injured and wasn't able to continue, and then again, I started up again in 2009. Okay, okay. More serious. Yeah. What do you like most about the martial artists? Do you like the combat? Do you like the weapons? Or do you like the kata? Well, I'm getting older, so uh, the, I like learning the skills that uh, keep me on my toes if I ever need to defend myself. Uh, but I like to do the katas. I like weapons, and uh, I just like training, you know, the overall training. Okay, well, very good. So now, in the martial arts, have you ever had an opportunity or have you ever came across a situation that you had to use anything you learned as far as um, in your Shotokan or in your defensive tactics or anything like that? Well, I have used a little bit of the Shotokan uh, when I was a correctional officer. And uh, sometimes you're not, uh, you know, in different situations portray themselves in a certain way. And I think some of my karate training has helped. 
where you become, uh, it's like firing your weapon. It's muscle memory. And so certain situations where I've had to defend myself, I know I've used some Shotokan and uh, has helped me out a lot. Oh, great, great. So, you know, in today's society, um, do you believe that martial arts are important with the days, you know, the way the kids are today and, you know, with so many other things they could be doing? Where do you see martial arts in society today? Well, I think martial arts is a big, plays a big factor with the young kids today even more because they've, seems like the new generations have lost their uh, respect for a lot of things. And I know martial arts, that's the first thing that we teach is the respect and courtesy uh, along with the defending yourself uh, in a bad situation. But uh, I really think today's kids need, need that respect uh, for themselves, their family, their friends, and start respecting each other uh, versus some of, some of the things they're doing right now. You know, it's kind of interesting. I have people come, parents bring their children in to teach the martial arts to them, but the whole aspect of them, they bring them in because they need discipline. And You know, I never had that worry when I was coming up with my mother and father about the discipline thing, yeah. you know. So, I don't know what it's like, the generation that the new generation of parents coming up, whether they are, like, trying to be friends with their kids and, you know, you and I know that don't work. You can't be their buddy. You got to right. be their father. You got to <laughs> be their mother. You can't be their pal yeah. because pals, they, you know, different, different like, um, levels. So um, the whole th journey with the martial arts is of self-expression and self-learning. Um, you know, you, you learn to be a better person. You learn to be a better um, father, brother, 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 sister, brother, mother, just learn to do better in life. Now, you say you, you, you know, you've been practicing martial arts all these years, you know, and you say you like forms. Is there any particular kata or form you like better? Uh, right now, uh, I think my favorite has been, uh, I will say, uh, Basai Dai is one of my favorites. Great kata. I like to, you know, get to where I can do that uh, instinctively, not even thinking about it. Yeah, just, just like without just muscle memory, right? Just muscle doing memory, it. just doing it, flowing, and uh, I just think it's a really nice kata. But a lot of the katas are really, are really good katas. Uh, uh, you know, Bonsai Dai is one of those katas that is a showcase for Shotokan. Because of the it's strong and a lot of things in it, you know, we finding I'm finding also that with Shotokan in most major tournaments, they use a lot of Shotokan katas yeah. in tournaments. And now the Olympics is using a Shotokan kata called Sansai, one of the katas that they will be um, introducing into it, an Olympic like kata, which is a beautiful kata, old kata, and now it's the rave. One time it was Joan, one time it was you know. Kanku die, and now this card is making itself out there in the public. And I think people are going to really like it. Um, they're going to um, embrace that card. It's, it seems to have a lot of things in it. In your martial art journey, have you ever brought anybody with you in it? Like any, like your sister or your son or your um, aunt or uncle or nephew or anyone? Have you ever been training with any of these people in your life? Yeah, I've trained a lot with... Uh my family members. My son, actually, me and my youngest son started the Shotokan together back in uh, 2000 and 
2010, 2009. Okay. Uh, he's since, uh, you know, gone through, uh, going through school and graduation and age, and they tend to drift a little bit. Uh, but now he's starting to come, wanting to come back and get back into uh, doing show and account again, oh, which great. is good. Great. Um, my nephew and my nieces uh, are wanting to also get into it. So I'm hoping this year 